You're listening to another edition of the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan with Eric Franson and AJ Salveson. To get the latest content, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Don't forget the Full Court Press airs Monday through Friday on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM The Fan. And you can stream the show on 106.9thefan.com. Uh, John Oglesby, who, by the way, last time I gave you a, a promotion, John, on air, and it wasn't a good idea. So, as the assistant director of the Utah High School Activities Association, you're welcome. Uh, but uh, how are you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Good to be on with you guys. Hope all of our friends up in Cache Valley are doing well. Well, at this point, no confirmed cases up here, so uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, so always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the, today we learned that there was a high school student at uh, down in Heber that, that tested positive. But um, with the, the announcement that came a week ago about the suspension of. Uh, different activities, including practices and, and games, said it was going to be a two-week suspension. Uh, what was the process to make that call for the Utah High School Activities Association? Well, the process really, uh, in large part, dealt with the coronavirus task force that Governor Gary Herbert and Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox have created to give advisement to Utah citizens on best practices and protocols that we should all be following for the interest of the general public health. And so in relation to information that uh, we'd gotten that was affirmed in a press conference that they held Thursday and then Friday, um, from that, uh, the decision was made by our governing boards as well as our association staff to move forward with a suspension of our spring season. Uh, again, done in the interest of upholding those best practices for the protection of student-athlete welfare as well as the welfare of the general public. John, I have to imagine that with Governor Herber and and, uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox and those guys making the statements that they did, it had to be super easy for you guys just to follow that protocol. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we felt extremely validated. And again, following the protocol that was outlined uh, by those individuals who are the leaders of our state um, and have great access to several extremely intelligent, very wise people. And so the minute they came out with that information regarding best practices for us all to uh, help contribute um, to the betterment of overall public health, it, it was a very easy conversation internally on what the next steps were regarding the spring season. Is there a way for it to be salvaged? You know, to be honest, I think we're too early to really tell. Um, You know, we're day five, I would say, into the new normal that we're all living in. And uh, I I used this analogy earlier when talking with one of our coaches. Um, You know, I think right now it's really tough for any of us to be able to paint with a broad stroke and feel very accurate about that. Instead, we have to paint in in much smaller segments with a much finer brush. And so right now the the canvas that we're painting is smaller and there's great detail in terms of how we want these um, periods to go in terms of how schools can help fend for student-athletes and be able to help them. And overall our message is, again, just we're trying to manage the best with the circumstances we have right now and we'll make those decisions and involve our boards in making those decisions as more information becomes available. I know you're going to be helping out with broadcasting duties with the Big Sky Conference Tournament. What was that like to see that 
saying, hey, yeah, we're going to have a tournament to, hey, we're canceling this and we're done? Well, I, I think it's something that we've all felt um, in our lives over the past week or so. Um, that's something that I, I do outside of my um, role at the high school association as I work as a freelance play-by-play announcer, and I was in Boise for the Big Sky Conference Tournament. And again, similar to the, the news that all of us took in on Wednesday night that several members of the Utah Jazz had um, tested positive for the coronavirus, it, it changed a lot in our world, specifically in our sports world. And so I think the Big Sky leadership, which has tremendous, tremendous credentials, I think they made the decision um, based on the advisement of their university presidents to move forward, just as we and the high school association, high school association made the decision based on recommendations from our state leaders on what we needed to do to move forward. And I would say the common denominator in all of that is it's all been in the interest of student athletes, safety and welfare. Again, we're talking to John Oglesby. He is with the Utah High School Activities Association. And, John, w- at what point does does your organization get back together and reevaluate uh, when can things start to happen again? And if they do happen again, at what level? I mean, with, with fan participation or not, or just games that happen, what's that process like? Yeah, I appreciate that question. I would say that I think we're still too early in the process to really be able to make a lot of finite statements on what things are going to look like, when they can start, when that process will envelop or develop, I should say. I think right now, again, our staff is primarily trying to assist schools um, in the process of where we're at now, which is, you know, where we have a, a minimum of a, at least two weeks of a shutdown um, a suspension in our season, and so we're trying to just to help answer questions and try to be a resource for member schools at this time. Um, that's really where we're at right now, and as information comes about in the coming days from whether it's the CDC, whether it's the governor, whether it's Lieutenant Governor Cox's task force, we'll then be able to act on that information as we receive it. John, I want to get to the RPI stuff here in just a moment, but before that, I do want to ask you, what is your advice to those athletes and to the parents as they are going through this COVID-19 situation? The main thing that I, I was taught this very early in life and that in every negative situation that we're going to face and in every adversity, there's always ways that we can grow. And as part of that growing process, we usually can find people that are less equipped to deal with what's going on than we are. And so what I would encourage everyone to do, regardless of wherever you're at, whatever your status is, whether you're an at-risk population or whatnot, I would encourage you to try to reach out to connect with people to see how you can help them, whether it's buying groceries, um, whether it's making a phone call to see how they are. If you're a high school student athlete and you have teammates that are confused and saddened and lost, starting a text chain or uh, a phone tree to give people a call, I would say whatever we can do to try to stay together and grow more unified, even though we're socially distancing ourselves, 
I think if that's the outcome that we can push for out of this, I think we're going to be able to come better off out of this entire um, this entire experience of life that all of us are are living for the first time. Looking at the uh, 4A state championship basketball game, actually the 5A, 6A, 4A, and probably the 3A game too, the RPI worked out to be a beauty. That Skyview-Dixie game could not have went any better. I, I'm sure that you as a UHSAA crew was really thrilled with the results. Well, just just well, results it, of a great I, basketball game, I should say. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a tremendous basketball game. I mean, it was a heavyweight fight as much as you've ever seen in a in a high school basketball state championship game. And it was a game, and I made this comment to several people on both sides of that outcome, it was a game that neither side deserved to lose uh, because of the quality of play, the quality of teams, the quality of coaching. And as it comes down to it, like it so often does in many games, is it a few plays here and there, a couple missed shots, uh, a turnover, and that's the difference in a championship game many times. And it was. I mean, it was a one-versus-two battle, and it lived up to everything that you would think of when you think of a true number one and a number two facing off for a state title. We've gone through the full high school football season. We've gone now through a full basketball season as well. First year implementing the RPI. Uh, what's the assessment so far and the feedback so far from the coaches? I would say it continues to be uh, mostly positive. I think there's still, um, again, as it's a new normal that we're adjusting to in terms of how we've seeded our state tournaments. Um and it's different from, again, you have a business model that's been used for decades, and then you switch to something new. It's always going to take time for people to readjust in terms of how they're looking at situations. The one thing I would say is this. I think the results throughout the basketball season validated that we had some matchups that occurred um, that probably would not have occurred without having an RPI-like system. And I would say the overall competitiveness of our games, the parity of our state tournaments, uh, I think it was extremely exciting for fans and for players and coaches. And I think that's what we were trying to get out of it, and that's what our governing board certainly wanted um, in the last realignment process. And so I look at that as a positive, and I'm excited to see where it continues. What are some of the adjustments you'd like to make in the RPI? What are some of the adjustments that I would like to make in the RPI? I I think right now we're still at a point where it's a little too early for us to even be able to speculate on if or when adjustments need to be made. Hmm. Um, I, I think that's that's our boards at this point have not pushed for any significant changes after each season. I think our whole looking at it as a staff and as our governing boards was we wanted to see how a year of it went, look at information, and then see if changes needed to be made. Um, One thing that I will tell you in looking at different numbers within the RPI, um, when you make changes to the formula, um, which we've, you know, behind the scenes done just to see how different things would look, it's pretty striking how similar things remain. It's that old phrase, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Interesting. Uh, I know there were some issues where you, you'd see some of those teams at the lower end of the RPI 
travel great distances just to get really beat up on and then have to travel back home with a, a big stinging loss, which they'd already had a, a, a rough s- uh, season as it was. Uh, do you foresee any changes there where teams may be ex- excluded from postseason play, or is it still going to go with the model that everybody gets at least one game in the postseason? Well, that's that's an area that has always stood with our executive committee to make a decision on how many teams make it to the postseason. The reason there was a wide move to an all-comers-style state tournament structure was the Board of Trustees did that for the larger classifications based on the last alignment. And then from there, it developed to where the rest of the classifications in the executive committee level voted for an all-comers-style tournament. The executive committee still has the ability to limit that. Um, Whether they will or not, I, I really couldn't tell you again. Um, as as much as our focus will always remain on creating competitive equity, you know, I think right now for the next foreseeable few weeks at the very least, our focus is going to be on trying to care for the overall welfare of our student-athletes and their mental health and their well-being physically. And then I think we'll be able to get back to competition and talking about all of those things, hopefully sooner rather than later. I interviewed Coach Gary Anderson, head football coach at Utah State, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were. I asked him about recruiting in the state of Utah and the importance of it, and he raved about the high school athletes in this state. And then, of course, you see local athletes now more and more staying in the state of Utah playing at local colleges. So my question is, one, can you talk about just how great the talent is in the state of Utah, high school athletic-wise, and two... How I mean, how much does it mean to you guys that these kids stay local and play at local colleges? You know, I think it, I I would say as as someone who holds degrees from two different institutions in the state of Utah, it's always extremely gratifying to see kids that um, have great success in state and then are able to find a great match um, with an in-state coach, regardless of the sport to be able to continue their playing career here. I would say I would rather have a kid get a great fit, even if it's an out-of-state school, compared to staying in an in-state school and maybe not having a great fit for them because it's such an individual thing on what best meets each student and prospective student-athlete at the college level. But I think our talent here has always been strong in many different sports. We have good coaches. We have a competitive youth sports culture which I think is very community-based and it brings people up to want to play significant roles in high schools that they grow up near and they, there's a sense of community to it, which breeds great competition. Um, and so I think our student-athletes have always been exceptional, and I would agree with Coach Anderson in stating that kids in this state overall, in my opinion, want to win, they want to compete, and they want to improve. And I think anytime you have those three things put together in student athletes, um, along with a great desire to foster an educational career besides just athletics, I think you're going to have a tremendous outcome for not only high school programs, but college programs. John Oglesby with Utah High School Activities Association. Uh, one last question for me is we've been talking a lot about you know, football and basketball and spring sports like baseball that are coming up and affected by this current suspension of practices and play. 
But you guys also work with other activities. I think that's the important thing to, to look at. UHSAA doesn't stand for Athletics Association. It stands for Activities Association. It was like there was a big debate tournament that was just uh, canceled this, this past weekend. There's other things you guys work with besides uh, most people would realize just as athletics. Yeah, we do a variety of different things. We have a flood, you know, we have, uh, you know, fully functioning programs in um, debate and music and theater and five classifications of our state debate championships were unable to be um, contested over the weekend. And so those are student athletes, uh, not athletes, but student participants that are right on the precipice of being able to compete for a state title and unable to because of concerns that were out there about their overall health and safety. And, and so there's a lot of people that are affected right now and uh, not just student athletes, but coaches, parents. And it's a very, it's a very trying time for so many different types of people. And that's why, again, I, I can't state enough the importance of all of us, playing a role in trying to be encouragers of people. Um, I, I just can't state enough how important that is right now and, and how important that is for us in our daily work to encourage people that the mission of what we do in education-based activities, which is to foster teamwork, build relationships, and gain a greater understanding of ourselves and our circumstances, the mission of what we do can be accomplished regardless of whether we're actually playing games or not. John, a final question from me. Uh, we, we appreciate your time. You've been so gracious with it. How come you're not following me on Twitter? I mean, what do I got to do to get a follow from John Oglesby on Twitter? You know what? You know what? I'm going to get off this phone right now, and I'm going to make that happen. I'm oh, that's you know, so mean. It, Priorities. Just, is that egocentric it, of me or just, what, John? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, you know, there's several several great gifs out there, like the face palm gif <laughs> and that. I hope all the viewers at home can imagine me doing that at this moment. It's just, it's a, it's an oversight, and uh, we'll correct it here within minutes. <laughs> John, you're one of the actually best human beings in the world. Thank you so much for all your time. We greatly appreciate you, and best of wishes uh, throughout the rest of the spring. All right. Thanks so much to you guys, and best to all of our friends up in Cache Valley. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks John. John. That's John Oglesby, uh, part of the Utah High School Athletic Association.